Uh, welcome to the Commentarians. I'm Joe, this month's host. And I'm Gina D'Alfonso. And we're here to talk over your movies. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Uh, hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Commentarians uh, again. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, this month's host, uh, Gina. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. It's good to be back. Yeah, this is uh, the third time hat trick, and mm. uh, we thank you so much for being back on. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's always fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, hat trick. That's a, a hockey term. Uh, every time a player scores, uh, scores three goals, uh, they call it a hat trick. And it comes from uh, in the early days uh, in the NHL when a player scored three goals, the owner of the team would buy that player a fancy new hat. So <laughs> maybe I should buy you a hat or something. <laughs> I learned something today. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, back in the day when like fedoras were all the rage and people actually mm. wore hats everywhere. <laughs> Fedoras are pretty cool. I like fedoras. Yeah, I, I wish I could wear one, but I think my head's too big and my hair's too thick, so my fedora would be like oh. the size of a sombrero or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So how have you been? Doing okay, thanks. Doing okay, yeah. Uh, so we had a, a guest lined up and a movie ready to go, but unfortunately, because of scheduling conflicts, we weren't able to make it, so uh, I put out the call, and you came forward and rescued us, so I really, really appreciate you being on. Oh, glad to do it. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, as everyone knows, uh, we're doing Believe Me from 2014, uh, directed by Will Bake, and let me pull up my IMDb here. And yeah, so uh, you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you think of it? I was intrigued. Um, it was different, you know. There were, there were, um, like in some ways, it had the look and f- feel of um, your ordinary Christian film, and then in some ways, it did not. I mean, it, <laughs> it was <clears throat> a little edgier, a little. Um, probier if that's yeah. the word we want to um it it was digging deep it was asking some questions that they don't generally ask and there was something going on there that uh, that uh really just caught my interest yeah um again we we talked about this in the coming attractions uh it didn't get very good either audience or critic scores but it got like a really good scores from like the edgier uh christian publications like more than one lesson and Christianity Today, I got the feeling that uh, secular critics didn't like it because it, was a, it wasn't edgy enough uh, because it was a Christian film. And Christians, a lot of Christians didn't like it because it was too edgy. So <laughs> it, it fell in that like <laughs> middle spot there. 
Exactly. Today on Facebook, I saw somebody saying, I'm happy to be every conservative's token liberal friend and every liberal's token conservative friend. <laughs> and I feel like that's exactly what this film is. Yeah. And it, it's, rather, it, it's rather a pity it didn't get more attention because I, I would have liked to see uh, more people see this and maybe wrestle with it a little bit. Yeah. Like it, I think and that's another big problem with it, I think, is that it tackles issues that are a little too inside baseball things that Christians kind of know and if you're not a Christian you don't really realize that it's either a problem or a or a a pop pop culture thing within Christianity and I think that went over people's heads because they're not in the church necessarily. Yeah, that that may be the case. Um but yeah, yeah. Um but it's for for what it is and and for what it attempts, it's I think it's still doing something Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. So uh, we should get started in it. Uh, if uh, you guys aren't uh, watching, then that's okay. But for those of you who are, we'll start a countdown. We'll do three, two, one, and then I'll say press play, and that's when you press play. Uh, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. So here we go. Uh, ready to go, uh, yeah. Gina? I'm ready. Okay, so we're at all zeros, ready to press play. Three, two, one play okay it should be uh it looks like a napkin with gravity ventures on it and a mm -hmm. lightning bolt more lightning bolt riot okay so you should be synced up with us uh so yeah a really interesting movie i think it tackles a lot of really great uh ideas that a lot of christian films aren't really talking about but a lot of people in the church are yes um, yes, an increase. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I, I like these directors. The directors of this film, uh, they did a few documentaries before they actually made this feature uh, film. Uh, and it's basically four friends who talk about how weird the church is, how they kind of are given these crazy verses and aren't really explained very well. And so I thought it was a really great, it was almost like a roundtable discussion that these documentaries had. Like him and a couple of friends sitting at a table talking about the weird stuff they were taught as, uh, as young, young men. And I thought that they were really fascinating. But, uh, mm -hmm. and so I think that, the, yeah, again, they didn't get much attention either. And then they made this one, which got a little bit of, it caused a little bit of waves, but uh, not quite... Uh, as much as I think it should have. And in a way, they're almost doing the same thing again, because here in this film, this fictional film, you have four friends who sort of have an encounter with Christianity and some of its weirder aspects. <laughs> right. So, yeah, they're going a little bit meta here, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, so it starts off with... Uh, well, it's it starts at a at a flash forward, like uh, it, or a flashback, I should say. Uh, they're being it's like the end of the film, but then they're flashing back to uh, four weeks prior. Yeah. And uh, what's and, go ahead? I was just thinking, <clears throat> this scene made me wonder, as I often wonder, why would anybody want to be in a fraternity? <laughs> right. Right. Just the I, hazing part alone would be like, no, thank you, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like the. Uh, the adult fraternities now, uh, well, they've always been there, but like stone, stone masons or Freemasons and 
Knights of Columbus, they kind of still do that. And I'm always wondering like what that does for people because I've never really been a part of it. Well, some I think some of the the adult ones they at least try to do like charitable stuff, but the yeah. the college ones uh, that uh, those that's like kind of I don't know out there. Now, am am I crazy or is this one guy kind of going for like a baby Tom Cruise effect? Um, In, what's his name? Uh, not Sam, but uh, I think his name is yeah. Let me look. Uh, what's his name? Pierce or Price? Yeah, the, 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 the haired guy. Yeah, I think it, it's um, Pierce. Pierce, yeah, I, I think he. I, I, honestly, I think he's he's doing some sort of a baby Tom Cruise thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's funny you mentioned that because uh, in the promotion of the film when this was first coming out, they released a like a clips of a, him doing a Tom Cruise impression for like a sketch okay. show. <laughs> All right, then it's good to know. It's good to get these little insights. Yeah, and so uh, if for what's going on for those who haven't seen it. Uh, this is these are basically four friends who are the heads of a fraternity, and there's actually a pledge here who's kind of like their little slave until they get uh, until they uh, you know bring him in, and he's has to go to the school board or the you know the heads of the college to answer some questions about some things that you know some bad stuff that the that the fraternity is accused of is being accused of doing and the heads, the leaders of the, you know, our main characters are kind of asking him to lie. Mm. So, yeah. So we sort of established this dishonesty theme Mm -hmm. early on, which is going to play such a big part in in the movie as a whole. Yeah. And he brings up this really great, uh, well, it's not, it's not a great analogy, but it's used really well in the movie. Uh, he's asking this pledge to lie to the college, which could get him in huge trouble. But uh, uh, the main character, Sam, is saying, well, sometimes it's a good thing to lie if it brings positive results. And he uses the mm-hmm. example of uh, Einstein. He, the, you know, a lot of teachers tell their students Einstein was terrible at math. But he still overcame that to become the person we know of him today. But it's not a true story. <clears throat> but if but right. it's but it's used to inspire students. So then, lying can be okay, and it's kind of uh, a kind of a secular uh, a justification for certain things. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I I really love what they do with this later on, which we can talk about when we get to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, does does this happen? Do you th- think I've I've not a college person? Uh, does does it, what what happens here is that uh, this guy went to summer school, and because of that, his tuition doesn't cover his last semester. Could that happen? Could a t- student be told like at the, his last semester that the tuition isn't covered? I don't know. <clears throat> I never had that experience. I never heard of anybody having that experience. I guess theoretically it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would certainly be a kick in the stomach. I get. I, yeah. I would think the college would be very careful to notify you about that. Right. But mm-hmm. like, um, like before yeah, the last minute, before the three weeks, <laughs> three week uh, deadline. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to get this premise um, of <laughs> I need what is it. Nine thousand dollars, and I need it really fast. Yeah, but um, it, it's uh, so that's how they choose to set it up. 
And um, our hard drinking guidance counselor is kind of funny here. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, I, I don't know if that would happen. It, it, it seems like a little bit of a stretch to me, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I couldn't say. Yeah. So we talked about this in the uh, in the coming attractions, but Nick Offerman here plays the uh, the uh, what would you call him? The guy is he a guidance counselor of sorts? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or guidance counselor, career counselor, whatever, whatever they're called. Yeah. And so what happened was that they already, they, you know, they needed a person for the part, and they were filming in Austin. And they they heard that Nick Offerman was in town, so they asked him if he would come in for a few hours and do this scene, and he did it, and he's really funny in it. Yeah, Yeah, he is. He's very good. (laughs) He really Nick Um, Nick Offerman's it up, so you know. Yeah, I think he just has the one little scene, but yeah, he he has fun with it. Yeah, his whole uh, rubber band around the face thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he he makes it work. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so, and we, me and Nathan talked about it, how, like, he's only in this one little scene, but he's basically in all the promotional material for the movie. Like, he, he's on the cover of the DVD box, he's, uh, he's in the, in the trailer, he's everywhere. And so, of course, if you get Nick Offerman, if you're not lucky enough to get Nick Offerman, you use him. <laughs> oh, you do, you do. Uh, yeah, and, and this whole, you know, it's good to get your dreams crushed early, kid, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> And so, yeah, so this is all setting up the premise of we, this guy needs money and he needs to find out, find a way for it to happen. And so, yeah, like I said, a bit of a stretch so far. So, but let me ask, um, a lot of the, the things that happen in this movie are, they're not, they do happen in churches, right? I mean, they kind of, uh, poke fun at a lot of the, the, you know, the thing, the cultural stuff that Christians do. And I think it does it pretty well. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, um, but what, what really struck me and, um, I, I imagine we'll go into this more later, but I'll, I'll just, uh, since, since you've asked the question, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, what really struck me is the absence of something like the absence of any of depth beneath um, this surface, the, the sort of glitzy entertainment focused surface. Right. And um, that's a, for some, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to make generalizations. I don't want to be mean spirited or, or snarky or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think for some circles, that's a, fair criticisms a, a sort of a fair criticism just um for those who <clears throat> who um i don't know are really heavily into the the glitz and the the entertainment value sure um it, it, it's it's i think it's useful to think about okay what's underneath it what's underlying it what holds it up <laughs> right so um I, I don't think it raises the question i don't think it it attempts to like give a definitive answer, which is all to the good. Movies shouldn't always give a definitive answer. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it, it, the, the question is there and I, I think it's, you know, kind of a helpful question to think about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause a, a lot of uh, Christian films kind of answer the question that they have. Yes. And, 
it's always the hero. You know, the the the, the Christian always ends up successful. And always does what's right, even though he might doubt it at, uh, you know, in the in yeah. the second act. But here it's kind of different. There's no come to Jesus moment. And yeah. we can talk about that when we get to it, of course. But, yeah. Right. And another important difference is the nature of our protagonists, because mm-hmm. we do not have any strong Christian protagonists here. Yeah. We have uh, we have some very Christian characters they're not the protagonists. Mm-hmm. And we have, I think maybe Tyler, I, I get the impression that he's, he at least has familiarity, like he has a Christian background or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not, I mean, he sort of goes along with this whole scheme without too many objections, at least at first. Right. So, um, so you do not have your, your, um, noble and righteous hero here <laughs> right um that there there is character development mm-hmm. that's i think pretty decent um we we will sort of get to okay can, can we have some heroism here or <laughs> can we have some sacrifice can we have some doing the right thing but again ambiguous not definite and that there's no there, there's no one um noble Christian protagonist from the get-go. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, and so uh, we're getting into the meat of the movie here where in order to get with a girl, uh, Sam's friend uh, asks him to join him at church to kind of impress this girl. And as they're there, they have a mission, uh, you know, uh, a missionary thanking the church and asking for funds, for more funds, to go on a mission trip to Hawaii. And that's where he <laughs> Sam gets his idea. Yeah, uh, <laughs> suffering for Jesus, right? And that's again, that's another thing that's kind of been brought up in the church. Is well, he he walks up to her and he asks her, "So, wow, you you raised a lot of money. How do we know that you're not just going to run away to Vegas?" And she says, "Well, um, I'm bringing my camera." To kind of show that there isn't really a lot of overview. There's not, uh, you know, there's no checks and balances. But that's yeah, not that's, entirely that's, true, right? That That's something I wondered about. That That's, I was like, okay, there's got to be a little more accountability in most of these organizations than that, right? I hope. <laughs> right. And so, but the thing of it is, is that that is a criticism that a lot of people have had. Uh, Jamie, I forget what her name is, but uh, she goes by the the moniker Jamie, the very worst missionary. Uh, right, right. I've read a few. Yeah, uh, she actually has brought up some of those criticisms that some people who just can't make it here in this country, in America, they either because they're socially can't deal with it or they financially they can't deal with it, they become missionaries and basically go to uh, other countries and don't do anything. They just live off of the support of their churches. And she says it's pretty common. I didn't realize this. See, I need to read her more often. Right. And, and, but yeah, she, she has, she kind of brings to light a lot of weird things that happen because also a lot of times the missionary isn't too knowledge of the culture. So they really don't know how to mission, how to preach to the people they're going to help. They really, or they they very they show up with a very Americanized idea of Christianity, which makes it more difficult for them to 
talk to the people of that other country. Yeah. Well, and, and then so, that, that yeah, allows something uh, like this to happen where it you have like bring four up all of these issues. Non-Christian kind of guys, or like I said, Tyler may be a little that, sort of yeah. semi-Christian. A lot of the missionaries kind of gonna, don't have a lot of uh, Going out there with no knowledge or... Yeah. Well, and then that that allows something like this to happen where you have like four non-Christian guys or like I said, Tyler may be a little sort of semi-Christian <laughs> who are going to uh, going out there with no knowledge or uh, little knowledge of the Christian culture they're about to encounter. Right. And so there's a bit of a parallel there that they're sort of launching themselves onto the scene with not a whole bunch of knowledge of it. <laughs> and um <laughs> About to be in for some culture shock and to adapt very quickly so that they can sort of learn to speak the lingo all without, you know, any belief at all. Right. And yeah. <laughs> so, but yet yeah, still yeah. able to get away with it. And still able to get away with it. Yeah. So, yeah. So their plan is to just have a one time Christian charitable event, Christian charity event for a fake charity called Get Well Soon. Right. And, and their plan is to just uh, get Christians to show up, donate money, and raise money that way. And, uh, you know, there's people who have doubts, people who don't really want to participate, other people who wonder whether it can actually happen. But uh, this is, yeah, this is kind of the launch of the of how this happens. And we have a scene here where the uh, the fraternity leaders get all their pledges to run around and do their bidding to get people to yeah. the event. <laughs> God needs your, what did it say? Oh, I just said poor pledges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they've, uh, they're starting on a small scale. <laughs> yep. And, um, Yeah, and and uh, this was this was the point where I started wondering: Is every woman in this movie blonde? And that's true. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and there was a waitress later that also was blonde. So, yeah, right. it, there's definitely a pattern here. But anyway, that's just a, a tangential observation. Well, then, is that something in Christianity that uh, that they're pointing out, or do you think it's just well, they, we just want actresses, you know, attractive actresses I, for the movie? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wonder. Maybe it just sort of happened that way. Yeah. Um, but but uh, um, you know, there's not a ton of racial diversity here. I, I mean, in the movie in general, not in this scene. Sure. And um, obviously, you have Tyler, of course. But. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's just how it happened, if that was a commentary of some sort, if they didn't really think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just uh, sort of throwing that out there. But yeah, I, I, it it is true that um, in certain church circles, that's how it is. That there There is um, just not a lot of diversity. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and so here they have, uh, you know, a, again, a woman comes up and asks the main character, hey, so tell me more about your charity. And you don't really know who she is or what, what it's about. 
you know, or where who she works for, but uh, they kind of blow her off and they try to, you know, <laughs> give some uh, not great explanation for what they're doing. But then we have the leader, the head of an organization called Cross Country, which is, I guess, a traveling mission uh, cover. Uh, what would you call this? A, a f- traveling mission ministry? Something like that. I mean, they, they because the guys end up doing this sort of tour mm-hmm. to various churches to raise money for their alleged charity. <laughs> right. So, yeah, they, I guess you could say they arrange those kinds of tours uh, for Christian groups. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And so this is actually pointing or actually uh, surrounding a particular uh, part of the church, a a particular, you know, group of Christians, which is uh, young Christians, uh, Christian hipsters, maybe, and <laughs> yeah. kind of. I, I, I would you say Christian hipsters, or maybe they're just like a little too earnest to be hipsters? Yeah, or, that's or, true. I guess are earnest in their own way. It's kind of hard to to uh, to figure out like all the subgroups and the the distinctions. <laughs> But yeah, this this certainly isn't a Hillsong uh, group of Christians, but just the, in general, younger college age Christians mm-hmm. that they're kind of speaking to. Very enthusiastic and um, yeah, very, very um, the, the the term that comes to mind is on fire for the Lord, which is a term that, you know, we hear thrown around and uh came to mind watching some of the rallies that we're going to see. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that, I think that's sort of the, the, the term you would use to describe them. Right. That, that, that's sort of a catch all phrase that, that, uh, works. the, the, the great enthusiasm, the earnestness, the energy of these, um, these get togethers yeah. and these shows that they do, um, yeah, so so it, it's something we I think we've all seen a little bit of, right? And so yeah, it, and so it 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 I think it's questioning what it is that uh, how or God what would what would I say? It's kind of it's asking young Christians like what is it that they really are looking for when they go to these events or when they go to church or within their faith. Yeah. What what is it that's setting them on fire? <laughs> right. And so here they are trying. Uh, they're being asked by the head of this uh, organization, like, "How does your organization work? What do you guys do?" And they simply say, "It's really the Lord's work," and that's enough to convince this guy that uh, this is a charity that they want to have join their ministry. Yeah, and again, that gets you thinking about the lingo, the jargon. Uh-huh. Um, you hear, you hear a lot of people say, you know, be careful of jargon, be careful of Christianese, so sure. to speak. You know, that don't don't indulge in it. That remember that people can't always understand it. Be careful with it. So, so you do hear, do hear people say that, and yet um, this is sort of a good reminder to to sort of check yourself and, and say, am I automatically giving a pass to those who do speak it? Right. <laughs> that does that. Is it like the secret handshake? Like you use these words and you're in. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, good, good, uh, 
good again a good little um reminder there a good little sort of uh i mean maybe like you say maybe it's a bit inside baseball but it's 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 true to life and it's yeah a good good little thing to think about (laughs) yeah and so uh hmm. yeah uh, uh one thing that struck me the first time i saw this movie is that unlike other christian films it does look a lot like a regular film it doesn't look mm-hmm. too much like a Christian film, which is, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think a point in its favor. I was just wondering if uh, any Christian film has ever had a scene set in a men's room before. <laughs> <laughs> it's as groundbreaking as like in uh, All in the Family when we heard Archie Bunker flush the toilet for the first time. Or whatever <laughs> right. And again, uh, uh how many Christian films have like the heavy drinking element that they show in this and cussing, which they do a little bit of. Yeah. It's they, they go very meta with that one because I I remember there's a scene somewhere in here. I can't put my finger on exactly where, where they talk about how, like how to, how to do the Christian swear and how it gives everybody a little bit of a thrill because you you almost go there, but not all the way. And (laughs) thank you. And you deprecatingly say, oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then they proceed to do it. So it's just like, so it, 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 they're very knowledgeable about what they're doing. And, and they have the the skill and the self-assurance and the knowledge to, to, to pull this off uh, pretty well and, and to have fun with it. Right. And so here they're uh, they're setting up. They're trying to figure out whether they should or shouldn't do this. What are the benefits? What are the risks involved? With uh, because now they're they're not just having an event that Christians go to. They're going. They're being a part of this completely different culture that they know nothing about. And it's to the point which I think is really, really pretty uh, realistic, is that they don't know that they don't know this culture. They think that Christians are mm-hmm. no different than anybody. Like they don't even think about how do how do we need to talk? How do we need to act? What do we need to know about Christianity f- to fit in? It's like they don't even know that they don't know this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of um sailing in blindly and but uh, not not realizing they're about to get uh <laughs> they're about yeah. to get in a little bit over their heads. <laughs> <laughs> And here we have a party scene with a lot of alcohol, generally beer being. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> and again, not not a lot of Christian movies do uh, have these kinds of scenes, but it, it does set the tone. What kind of people are going into this, you know, into this charity, into the or joining mm-hmm. this ministry? It really gives you a picture of the kinds of people that they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, Texas flag outfit cracks me up. Is yeah, it, is, is that the Texas? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's a it's a college in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and here they're being introduced to uh, to the organization. They they get to the first stop on their tour that they're joining, and they're told, yeah, there's a no alcohol policy in uh, you know that they they're signing a contract. And there's a no alcohol policy, which isn't un <laughs> unrealistic, <laughs> right? And, uh, and, then, and then go ahead. This adorable little eager beaver intern who is so 
so cute and so um, admiring of them. Yeah, but uh, again, not not because they don't know who. I mean, they barely started this, almost like the same week, and this guy's already super excited about them. Yeah. So that's weird. That it's a weird direction, but they they are the cool Christians that they were called earlier. So he's super excited about them. Yeah, it is a little bit of foreshadowing when when you see how like enthusiastic the crowds are going to be about uh, about them when they go on stage and like they they um again, how much do these people really know about them? Right. And yeah, here's cuz that's the weird thing. I wanted to talk about the the no alcohol policy and stuff. Uh we've been hearing it's really interesting that the 90s was such an interesting time for Christianity. Because it was really popular, it was really big, and a lot of cultural things happened with Christian rock, Christian ska, Christian punk, uh, these traveling ministry things, and also purity culture. And so now we're hearing all about this because all the kids that grew up in that scene are now adults. And many have lost their faith, and but are very knowledgeable because they grew up in it. Many are still Christian, but have a lot of criticisms of that time period Mm -hmm. yeah i was i've just been watching um the new documentary about i kiss dating goodbye where joshua harris um, oh yeah goes back and looks at at, um you know what have i wrought (laughs) (laughs) and and all that um uh, i'm not quite done with it yet i'm I'm watching it to uh, write something about it but yeah, that, that he talks to a woman. I can't remember her name, but she's sort of researched this period, the beginnings of the movement, a mm-hmm. lot. And so, um, like, what was going on in the '90s? How this movement got started? Some of the trends, some of the things that were going on with Christianity. So, yeah. So this is, um, it, it's all sort of part and parcel of the same, the same uh, thing, the, the same movement, the same. Um, cultural stuff going on so yeah really getting immersed here and all this (laughs) yeah and the thing of it is is that and i bring it up because of that the thing in their contract no no drinking a lot of the bands from back then are now you know older and grown up and they talk about how they did used to drink a lot and smoke pot Mm -hmm. and they got into crazy parties and maybe even sex with uh, groupies and while kids were kind of admiring them for how Christian they were, they weren't that Christian, which on one hand, we can criticize them and talk about how horrible they are. But on the other hand, we could also say, yeah, but they're human. Not to justify it, but of course, if they jump, if they get thrown into this, you know, this uh, this experience, they're just as weak as anybody else. And so and it's not a surprise that that would happen. And is, I mean, isn't it all kind of in the nature of celebrity to bring these temptations your way and to make you vulnerable to these temptations? Right. And so then you, then you have to say, okay, what is it about these, the faith, the nature of the faith that was being preached here that did not help them hold out against these temptations, that didn't mm-hmm. even make them want to hold out against them? So, so it, it's like this, the whole thing carried within it, the, did it carry within it the seeds of its own undoing? Right. It, especially, especially the celebrity 
aspects of it. Yeah. But yeah, because I mean, there, there's so much mirrors regular old celebrity. Right. Exactly. And that, but that's the thing is that at the end of the day, there's still people like anybody else. So of course they would fall into that. Uh, and I think a big, I think part of the problem with that is that they're expected they're expected to live up to a higher standard, which isn't the bad thing. The bad thing is that they they can't talk about it. They can, we we mm. don't we, because they're held up to such high esteem. These bands or these pastors, which we'll talk about later on, but they're held up so high that we can't that they, they can't even talk about it, or else you know that condemnation would come to them, even though we're kind of taught to forgive and to come forward and talk about these things to, you know, to discuss them because to discuss them openly almost, or at least to, to accountability partners for, to use a Christian term. And the fact that they can't, or they didn't kind of perpetuated the problem. Oh yes. Yeah. Now, do you think um, in the years since, that we've made progress in that area. I, I, I think I think maybe we have, but I, I want to get your your take on that. Um, I don't know. I think that on some level we have because there aren't, like I said, there's more people talking about it. Uh, yeah. But I think for many churches or for many people in the church, it's still sort of a thing. We still have a long way to go, and so mm. talking about it openly, or at least to a, an accountability partner, it's it's a uh, I think I think it's more of it's, we've learned from those mistakes, but for many people, it's still not there. We're still not there yet, and mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah, that's kind of a thing. Is that I I think I've heard a lot of pastors, especially youth pastors, talk about temptation of like pornography, how I struggle mm-hmm. with it, and I you know I've dealt with it, but they almost talk about it like it's something they've done in the past. And not mm-hmm. currently dealing with, and I'm wondering if that's uh, that's kind of a problem. I I've spoken to um, to a gentleman. His name is Dennis Jernigan, who uh, yeah, yeah, he is a songwriter, a Christian songwriter, and he talked about how he was born with uh, same sex attraction, and the biggest problem that he had is that he had nobody to talk to about it because of the stigma of homosexuality within the church. And so he was kind of suffering with that alone. And because he couldn't come forward with it, it made the problem much, much worse. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, uh, that's kind of an interesting thing to discuss. I think that, or an interesting thing that a lot more people should be discussing, not just about homosexuality, but just in general, if we can't, yeah. Be if the, our leaders can't talk about those issues, then it's a lot harder to to deal with them. Yeah, there's still a lot of um, of sort of like responding, like like almost recoiling from the mention of sin, like responding with revulsion. Right. That um, that that really obscures the fact that we all have we all sin and we all live with it in our lives and we all need to be able to to tell each other about it and uh, what, how does the verse go confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed something like that uh-huh. and i mean that just that the our attitude sometimes just undermines 
our ability to do that. Yeah. And, um, right. And, and, and that's kind of the, I don't know. That's kind of a thing that, uh, we should start getting, start doing more of is actually talking about the broken people we are, but not in the shameful way, just in the reality of it, you know, not to say that it's okay, yeah. but be realistic about the kind of people we are. And I, I, I just, I bring it up because I, I was part of a, of a, of a church ministry, a camp. I was a counselor at a camp. Uh, we were called cabin leaders because I guess uh, camp counselor is an actual legal term. I guess you have to, but I was a cabin leader and we weren't allowed to talk to the kids about alcohol because even the mention of it might cause them to, to, to sin. And if we can't even talk to teenagers about alcohol, how are we going there, to, there you go. Yeah. Teenagers have never even heard of alcohol. If you mention it, then they'll know about it. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I kind of love this uh, this little part of the uh, the worship leader, the guy who who sings in the band, the lead singer. He has a song called Jesus, which is just repeating the word Jesus. And, <laughs> and he says, he's talking to a bunch of girls, and he says, I, you know, I asked myself, what is this song about? And then I thought, what are all those other words doing in there? <laughs> so that was a genuinely funny joke for a Christian film. That, that is kind of genius right there, because we know, I mean, that Christian radio has had its thing with, you know, you got to get the word Jesus in there or, you know, you're, <laughs> you're verboten. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that is a nice little skewering right there. <laughs> and then there's going to be a little gag later on with, of course, the uh, the lyrics that are flashed on the screen in the back, of course, that... That's such a typical thing in in churches and ministries to show the to have the lyrics so that everyone can sing along. But uh, I'll point that out later when it gets to it. But here we have now after the first, you know, they, it didn't go so well. It didn't go perfectly. They almost, you know, you know, they they talked about how one guy was asked to pray, and he they they don't show the prayer. But afterwards, they're like, "What was that from?" Uh, how, what movie did he say from uh, from Jerry Maguire? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I thought uh, that that was good filmmaking right there to like sort of cut away from the prayer and then just show show them de sort of decompressing afterwards and right. say, "Man, that was heavy. because um, knowing where to like show a little restraint and not show everything that that can be like a, a really a really good technique." Um, it's mm -hmm. better to show too little than too much. Right. <laughs> and so here's where they decide or they realize we can't, like, we're in over our heads. We need to start in studying this culture, which, again, is really interesting because Christianity, and I mentioned this before, is a culture. It is a, it, like, I felt like I've mentioned this uh, in different places, but when I became a Christian, it almost felt like I... I like I moved to a new country or a new state uh, a di with a different language and different movies and it's really interesting how yeah this little montage is just the funniest right <laughs> the fair trade coffee they've got the worship posture they've got you know all, deep v-neck tees and 
All, all the trapping. It's just classic. Right. <laughs> so they're almost like taking notes on, you know, all of these things. Celestial lights, ethereal tones. <laughs> and, and, then, and then when they come to this four prayer, was it four prayer postures, four worship postures, but whatever he's going to show on this little, um, Right uh, on his hat. That this this just cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so now that all of them like were given assignments of you know study the Christians around you, and then we'll get together and teach each other. And this okay. first bit was called he's teaching them worship and prayer, and so he's showing them all these prayer stances, like what do you do when during worship, and it's really funny because they got it right on the nose. I know. I know. Do you, and um, you, yeah, the four. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. Uh, well, I was going to ask you. Like, uh, you grew up in the church. I came later in life. Do you do prayer stances? Not that that's a criticism, because you you worship how you would like. This is more like yeah. you know having fun I with it. Don't. Yeah, I never have. I, I never felt. I because we moved around a lot. I went to. Um, a, a number of different denominations over the years. Um, I was like for um, as for a few years as a kid, I was in a Lutheran church. We didn't really do that. And then hmm. uh, by the time we got to a church where some people did that, I didn't really feel comfortable doing that. But I, I get such a kick out of the Shawshank here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so both arms up, uh, prayer posture. That I love it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's ever, and and I never I didn't go to a ch- I've, I've never been to a church where it was like a huge thing. Usually, like the evangelical or, or the non denominational church I spent um, many many years in, um, like through adolescence and beyond, um, you, you'd have occasionally one person like raising one hand, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't have like a Shawshank. You would right. have a whole bunch of this. But but here, okay, here where he's teaching the prayer terminology and the word just yeah just he said sprinkle that in as often as possible i think that may have been my very favorite moment of the whole movie (laughs) thing always (laughs) yeah i mean this is gold right here right he says uh self-deprecation uh you know metaphors and then just sprinkle the word just throughout the prayer you use the words like father father god and it's really on, like they yeah, really nailed yeah. it. <laughs> so they did their homework, yeah. And then uh, the way they keep it, it's almost like a little running site. Yeah, the way they keep juxtaposing a picture of this little baby with like, a predator, <laughs> like a leopard or a lion or whatever. Right. They... It's like really guys. <laughs> that, that's one thing I don't think I've ever seen like a missionary or or a church rally or anything do, but it's kind of, kind of funny. <laughs> right. And here, this is the gag that I, I that going. I love. Oh no, they didn't show it. Not yet. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you meant dipping the Bibles in the water for that distressed look. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, but this is really funny. This is what you were mentioning before. He says, Christians hate cuss words, but they love cussing. Yeah. <laughs> and so he says, just right. use the first letter. Yeah. And then you'll sound edgy. <laughs> yeah, it, teaching teaching them the art of the Christian cuss, and, and the the oh, I'm gonna so, somebody's gonna email me for this after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you uh, I mean it, it's just classic. 
um, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this, even though it's going to get me in trouble. It's like, oh, my gosh. The boss. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and that's what's funny is he says, Paul was being kind of an a-hole. And then you show the audience and they're loving it. They think it's so cool and, and funny. Also, they're that naughty little thrill. <laughs> <laughs> and then here we have the should I pray before I eat this chart. Which is uh, broken, broken down very uh, specifically. Right. He's saying, do we pray before salads? Do we pray before the main meal? What about desserts? And it's really funny. Yeah, it's... yeah only only if the dessert is like the, the if, if the dessert is the main meal, yeah, so all that stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and of and course, he... the, the worship leader, the actual Christian, he's like showing off his tattoos and he's like, uh, and he has a tattoo mm -hmm. of, in Hebrew and he's like, Wow. Uh, what does it say? And he's like, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, A for effort, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I have I have seen. I dated a girl who had a lot of tattoos, including a Hebrew, you know, uh, symbol, <laughs> some a word in Hebrew on her arm, and she didn't remember what it meant. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. So, so this, I mean, so that's very realistic then. Yeah. Um, it, I, I would think, well, I mean, no judgment here, but if I, if I was going to get something like permanently written on my body, I can't imagine like forgetting what it meant. Right. <laughs> but that's, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. chalk it up to the amount of tattoo she had because she had a okay. lot. And so well, for, fair. so I think that that's really what it may have been other than if she had one tattoo in Hebrew and she didn't remember what it was then yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean you, you got to give these guys credit for coming all these little cute clever things they come up with like first it was cross country and right. get well soon and now you have cross dressing <laughs> yeah this is one of the one of like, like there's no tomorrow and and uh it's it's pretty i mean yeah that it it's pretty on brand <laughs> yeah they there's one of the characters uh one of the main guys wants to start a t-shirt company and he's calling it cross-dressing <laughs> and it's really right. sharp and well what i love about this movie is that they actually had they actually sold these t-shirts like in Did real life really? yeah and uh um, go ahead I, I just said that's funny <laughs> yeah and so like one of the t-shirts is a tank top and it says uh tank you jesus uh and it's a, another one where two people high fiving, and it says uh, abstinence is is kick. Oh, abstinence kicks a. <laughs> uh -huh. And another one is uh, f Satan. It's really funny. Yeah, so they they've learned all their lessons really well, and they're just like blending them all together. And it, <laughs> right, it, it really is pretty. It it really is clever. Yeah. Yeah, and there's screen with like jesus times 16 <laughs> yeah it says jesus four times and then underneath times 16 so that is really funny that is great <laughs> now is, is you are more um sartorially knowledgeable than i am you you've you've uh you understand fashion better than I do. So all these ties I'm seeing, was that really a thing at the time? I mean, oh, that now 
seems like you hardly ever, you, you rarely see a tie. I mean, I, I kind of miss them myself. I always thought they looked kind of cool, but like we're, we're seeing so many ties in this. Is that like, was that a thing with the college guys or the frat guys or the Christian? I, I don't know. I, I, I was, I was curious about it. Uh, I know I, I've seen ties on older pastors. That That's where I see ties most often. I don't see young people wearing them at all. Unless it's something like this. This guy's wearing a shirt, a vest, and a tie with no jacket. That is kind of like a really stylish thing that cool people wear. I personally think that you should always wear a coat. But, I mean, I can't deny that this guy looks good without a coat. You know, just a shirt and tie with a vest. Um but yeah, I've actually went because I used to run a style and etiquette blog for Christians. Uh, and I actually got a lot of pushback from a lot of people about dressing nice because a lot of men, I think in men in general, but Christians in particular don't don't think dressing nice is okay. They 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 think it's not necessary. Which no, it's not necessary, but I still think that it's a uh, I would say it's it's a it's a gesture of politeness, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's a great pity that people would um, would denigrate that. I, I think uh, I mean I am all for you know looking nice and yeah. Um, yeah I, I I I don't know why so many people are so eager to like just like go to the lowest common denominator for that or whatever um, because. I don't know if they think it makes them more accessible. I, I just, I just like it when, um, when people dress up, I just think it's, it's, yeah. um, yeah, I like it. So, um, I, I am on your side here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think it comes from several places. Number one, I think why Christian men don't think it's necessary to dress nice or don't like it is they're not, they don't think it's important. And so I think most men are just more for comfort than, for style or looks, which I don't think dressing nice is uncomfortable. I think I'm very comfortable in the, you know, nicer clothes that I wear. Uh, so I think, and it also, I think they believe it's a sign of decadence maybe. And I think secretly it's also a bit, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think it's secretly a bit of homophobia kind of the metrosexual idea kind of really scares them. And so they're sort of against it. I might be wrong about that, but I kind of gotten so, sort of that hint, like it's a little gay to dress nice, but I don't uh, know. That's, that's just so weird. Yeah. I, I mm. mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just think it's a shame. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think your your blog was like a fantastic idea, and I'm sorry that more people didn't see it that way. Because right. There's there's a lot to be said for dressing nicely. Yeah. Um, I did I did want to uh, make one comment on um, on darn it, I'm blanking on our heroine's name. I mean, I, she's not really the heroine; she's more of a featured player. But yeah, um, the uh, like the female protagonist, her or uh, her name is right, right, right. Uh, Kaylee. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she is ostensibly dating the worship leader, Gabriel, right? Yeah. Uh, and, um, and she just, but she just sort of drifts into being more into Sam. And 
without sort of putting up any resistance against it. And, and that is just sort of, I mean, that's the biggest movie cliche. I mean, right. That, that, um, you know, theoretically I am with this guy, but I will drift over towards you because you are the hero of the movie. And that's what the movie requires me to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm really remarking on, on the part where like, she sort of, um, like, like she she doesn't have any seem to have any real commitment to her boyfriend and and just like right well i think that's kind of a without, without, yeah, yeah i think you, you would see this like a lot meg ryan for instance right and, and maybe that's a sort of commentary on on how rom-coms work but <laughs> i i don't know it, it seemed like I, I, for this female christian character i would have expected a little bit more angst from her about it or something I, i'm not really sure well, it just it, it seemed like um, there would be a little bit of regret, a little bit of something there. Yeah, a, a criticism I do have with that uh, part of the film is that she, yeah, like you said, she's supposed to be the girlfriend of the worship leader, but you never see that. They just right. mention it, but they they don't look like they're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And and um, yeah, it, it's just sort of like they they plopped that on the table and did nothing with it. Right. I mean. As far as I could tell, maybe there was something I missed. No, no, uh, I, but... I, I've seen it too. It, it, there's no real. It, it would have been different if, say, she was just a single Christian woman and both of these guys liked her. But that's again, that's another movie cliche. But that would have made more sense in this movie. But apparently, but yeah, according to the movie, they are dating, but she's not. It you never see it. You never see any signs of it. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know why they did that. Maybe maybe they had an idea to do something with that, and then they ended up cutting it, but it, it, it was a little strange. Yeah. Now, now um, this whole God wants me to go to Africa scene, th- this is this is some good stuff right here, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he... And, and as we, we're going to see in a minute, Sam gets pretty severely called out on this um, by Tyler. Right. That it, this poor kid is like, I think God's calling me to Africa... But how do I know? And he's asking this total non-Christian scam artist. Yeah. And and Sam is giving him an answer that just sounds good to him. Like, um, what did he say? Like, you'll you'll just, or he's like, why why would God not call you to Africa? You know? Right. And and this this poor kid, you know, he's going to drop college. He's going to drop everything. He has like no training whatsoever that we know of. And he wants to go be a missionary. And it's just, it's really an uncomfortable moment because um, he's thinking about the course of his career, his whole life, and he's diving into it with nothing, with, with no, just with no real guidance whatsoever. And yeah, so so they they were they, they did a good job of sort of like showing how this can happen and, and some right. of the dangers, like like. Like seeking guidance from somebody who doesn't, who you should not be seeking guidance from, and, and thinking that they know, have all the answers, and then, and then just Sam taking it so lightly or so glibly, and yeah, it's just good stuff here. Right, and I think a big part of that is the the idea that everybody thinks that if they're being called to God, it's going to be call a big call. It's going to be this yeah. huge thing that I'm going to have to do. I have to be center stage. It has to be a giant step. 
And I think uh, a guy that we interviewed uh, for the bonus episodes, Tyler Smith, he's a film critic. He did an episode of his podcast, More Than One Lesson, on the movie Ratatouille, which is uh-huh. it's the Pixar movie about a rat who can cook. And um, what he what he said was really interesting. He said that, number one, talent can come from anywhere. Anyone can have a good talent that God gave you. And number two, it can it, God's gift of a talent could be anything. It could be being a chef. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if a, if a young person stands up and he says, I think God's calling me to be a pastor. Everyone's going to clap and say, oh, that's wonderful. Yes, God could totally use you. Yeah. But if somebody else says, I think God's calling me to be a chef then there, most people would be like, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I suppose, if that's what you like doing. But God could yeah. totally use a chef and not just cooking at a mission at a, at a mission or a homeless shelter, or although that would be wonderful also. But mm-hmm. God can use your gift for anything, and it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this major missionary trip to Africa or to be a pastor, or it could literally be almost anything. Yeah. And I, I think uh, the Babylon Bee, the the satirical Christian, you know, uh, website, they got criticism of one article that they wrote about uh, guys with no discernible gift uh, is put in place as a parking lot ministry. <laughs> Which, you know, it's it's funny, but... I mean, maybe that is his gift. I mean, any there aren't like they say in uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. There's no small parts, only small actors, and that's true of in the church also. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. That there's yeah, that that uh, that article maybe like hit a little too close to home for <laughs> for people who who like. Because, because, like you said, we we do act like there's a hierarchy of callings, and um, yeah, maybe maybe we don't always want to admit that we we feel that way. Yeah. So here we have Tyler sort of walking out on the whole operation, and for for him, the the telling the kid to go to Africa was was the last straw, and yeah. um, and he's at least at least for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see him again later, but, um, yeah, so, so they, they really do, um, sort of give, they, they really have, you know, emphasized this idea that when you get to where you're like, you're playing with fire when you're like going out there and trying to, to give tell people okay here's how god wants you to live your life here's what god wants you to do here's what god calls you to do yeah um you're it that's it, it's really dangerous and they're not they're not kidding around about this yeah that that's something that terrifies me is especially when i i read the bible that uh jesus says if uh if you lead people astray it would be better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and be flung into the ocean. Almost like saying, if you're teaching something false or wrong or something that leads people away from God, it's, it's a huge deal. It is not a small thing or a small mistake. So if you're a Christian leader, 
you have a lot riding on your shoulders. And that is terrifying. I think if we, and, and Paul too says that not many people should, I think it's Paul says that not many people should be teachers. Yeah. Well, so same sort of idea. And I think if we really took those verses seriously, I think uh, a lot of Christianity would look very different from how it looks right now because um, we, I mean, we, we, Christians, we, we criticize the culture, but we're willing to get all caught up in our own fads and our own um, hobby horses mm-hmm. and our own trends without and, and twist the Bible to justify them. So it, 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 like you, you use the word terrifying and we should be terrified. Yeah, we, we I mean, we are messing with like serious, serious things here. Yeah. And well, I find this, I don't know. Uh, I hope this isn't off topic and because I think it might fit, but I just find that, especially in Christian podcasting, it seems to be a lot of guys and not just in Mm -hmm. Christianity, but in, in all aspects, a lot of men are the ones who feel more obliged to tell, to teach, to tell other people what to, you know, what they think. And there aren't many women in that realm when I think there should be. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw, I forget who said that, but I saw a tweet the other day, um, which, I mean, maybe it's a little unfair, but it was funny. Mm-hmm. It, it, it said, um, what do you call a group of white men? A podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a little mean. It's also a little bit funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because <laughs> yeah. it's sort of true. I mean, if you just yeah, look at yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, the, the format is like, you know, available to all. And then there are like, obviously, there are people of, you know, there are men and women and people of all races doing good work with it. But yeah, th- there is there is something in, in what you say that um, that it is a, a lot of it is a male dominated format. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's because women just don't feel like they would be encouraged to do it or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they just don't have the motivation to do it. Maybe they're, they're, they're called to something else. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, women should be more out there, I think, speaking and Personally, it would only benefit yeah. us. Personally, um, I, I have just always had like other priorities. Like I think for instance, that I write better than I talk. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, sure. Uh, I just, that, that's where I would like to, to devote the bulk of my time and energy. But I do love, like I said earlier, I do love being a guest on podcasts. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience uh, doing a podcast. It's always been fun. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've worked with you. I've worked with other, other hosts. They've all been, Wonderful. So I, I personally, I have no complaints in that department, but on the larger scale, like you say, it's something to think about and uh, maybe something to encourage more Christian women to go into because, um, you know, the more voices we hear from, the better and, and right. more, um, the, the wider a range of experience we get, the better. Yeah. And again, like, I, I think that it's wonderful if you, if you are a guy and you think that you're being called to speak, uh, that's that's great because you know just because there's so many guys doesn't mean that God can't use you also in that realm, 
But it, I'm, I think the point is, it's not always speaking. It's not always yeah. to be on stage. It could be anything that you're called to do. And God could be very happy with that gift, or he could want you to do something that isn't, you know, in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And it could just be just yeah. as fulfilling yeah. and, you know. Yeah, so that does that does uh, tie back to what you were saying before, yeah, about, um, you know, really examining uh, your calling, your gifts, how, where and how you should be using them. And do you need to be the one who's um, getting up on a stage and teaching or preaching or leading? Um, or are you better used somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Um of course, in the in the case of these guys who weren't really believers, it's like, should they really be <laughs> should they be doing any of this at all? Right. <laughs> but yeah, so so they take it a little bit further. But um, yeah. So, but 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 we are we are now <laughs> seeing some of the character development that I referred to earlier, mm-hmm. and my question is. I'm still pondering this. Have we really seen enough reason for the character development? Like, obviously, Sam is having twinges of conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierce, maybe not so much. Uh, but, but okay, so is why is he having twinges of conscience? Is it because Tyler called him out for, for what he said to the kid? Is it because he's falling for the love interest is it is it because he's spending a lot of time around all these christians because again like i was saying they have a lot of energy to their faith but we haven't seen a lot of depth so is that enough what what is what is driving the character arc here is what i'm i'm wondering about and i haven't made up my mind on it and i'd like to get your take on it yeah that's a really good point because it could be that he, it could be the Tyler thing, Tyler calling him out, and he's like, "But we're in too far, and we're doing really well." Uh, but you know, of course, what they're doing is wrong, no matter who you do it to. And of course, and of course, he's falling for that girl, and maybe he does feel guilty about taking money from her or lying to her because he is lying to her. And I don't like, yeah, they don't make that clear. Like, what is the thing that's making him change his mind and not want to do yeah. this anymore? Yeah. And I, I've heard this also um, a lot, and this is different because these guys are not believers at all. But I've heard tell that there are actually quite a lot of Christian leaders who have lost their faith but continue to teach because they don't know what else to do. And that's yeah, I can, scary. That, yeah. that, that's terrifying, that notion. I could see that happening because, like, you don't know anything else. You don't know any other world. You don't know any other life. That is your skill set. It, it would, it would be, um, you would feel trapped, I imagine, yeah. and it would be very hard. Yeah. Um, you, by the way, you referenced, uh, you, you, you uh, caught the uh, Jerry Maguire reference earlier, where he used that in his prayer, and um, I'm wondering how much they were influenced by the movie because you've got that reference. You've got Pierce being like all, uh, you know, Tom Cruise imitator guy. Right. And, um, <laughs> uh, I, 
and, and just the whole thing about all the scheming and the hustling. And I, I, I'm really wondering like how much they were influenced by that movie. I haven't seen Jerry Maguire in a very long time, but right. um, I, I'm, I'm wondering, yeah, if it was, Besides the little references here and there, I'm wondering if if uh, that really had a, a big influence on them. It, it it just struck me that it might. Yeah. So now uh, in the movie, it turns out that uh, they went back to their hotel room. And again, like you were saying, they were arguing. Sam is getting a twinge of guilt and uh, Pierce is not. He wants to keep going. But they realize that the money is missing now. Because they've been every time they they take the money, they steal the money. All the checks go to the charity, but the cash they sneak out and put in a in a bag in like a, a suitcase, and right. now it's missing. And it turns out that Gabriel, the worship leader, uh, took it, and because he heard through a mic, a hot mic that uh, that Sam was wearing, that he's not a believer, and he they basically were arguing about what they were doing. And he heard everything. Mm-hmm. So the plot thickens. Yeah. And um, now he's trying to convince. It. Is it Kelly or Kaylee? I'm not sure. It could be Callie. I don't remember. Callie. Okay. Um, I'll say Kelly. But he, poor, <laughs> poor woman. I can't even get her name right. right. But um, he, so uh, Gabriel's trying to convince Kelly um, that these guys are not who they mm-hmm. uh, say they are. And, um, yeah, things are, are starting to fall apart. And, and, uh, Gabriel is not, um, yeah, he, he's kind of interested in uh, bringing down the hammer. So again, maybe this, see, they could have done so much more here with the romantic angle, because if, if he was really upset that his girlfriend was falling for this other guy, I mean, perfect way to get her back, but they didn't really go with that. They, they just sort of let that lie. So, yeah. um, you know. I don't mean to be critical, but that was just one thing I thought could have been handled a bit better. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because that is true. It's like, again, this is their first film. So, and again, for their first film, they've done a lot better than other Christian films uh, have done. They've done much. There have been like techniques and and, um, funny bits and like all kinds of things that we've remarked on as we've been going along that they they did really, really well. So, yeah, Yeah. uh, I overwhelmingly my my impression is positive here right and but still not a perfect film there's still a lot of flaws but uh you know again just because it has flaws doesn't make it a bad movie i mean every movie has flaws there's very few perfect movies but uh but yeah again this is one of them is that we don't know why gabriel other than maybe jealousy but is he jealous of his girlfriend liking another guy or is he jealous of just how much attention these guys have not not made clear and yeah and uh let me just say a word about the acting i, I think it's uniformly been pretty good yeah I mean, uh sam thought i thought sam uh gave a really good performance just there where he's he's like he's being confronted he's sort of like um things are falling apart in front of him he's like uh yeah this is this is being this is being conveyed really well. I think these, I think these actors have been, you know, doing a good job. They're, yeah. they're um, they, I, I think, I, I can't speak 
a lot about the whole genre because I had I have seen a few Christian films, not a lot, mm-hmm. but I think we're seeing a better level of acting here, yeah, uh, generally, right, than we often do, and um, a lot of the writing is better too. It, it it's um, but like like we said, not perfect, but uh, significantly better than you would genuinely generally find. I think, yeah, and so. This is another big thing that they that the that the movie is actually doing that I think does well uh, is they uh, Gabriel goes to Ken the head of the uh, Crossroads Ministry and he tells him what Sam did and you know Sam committed fraud and theft and theft he should go to jail and Ken the you know the the head of the ministry his his uh, his decision is to keep it a secret and to force them to continue on the ministry. Because if they're exposed, then it'll be bad for the ministry. And it'll, like, as he says, it'll might affect people's faith because, because he says that in his church, a pastor had an affair with like a secretary and it, people like you know the church just fell apart and a lot of people lost their faith and and that go ahead i'm sorry i was just gonna say that was so realistic because i mean look what we're seeing now with all this sexual abuse cover-up coming out yeah that's exactly what i wanted to say is that yeah that's yeah all, all them all of them that circled the wagons and tried to hide it for the sake of the ministries and now now it's all coming out and the ministries are way worse off than they ever would have. So it's just like, you know, it always, always, always comes out. It, it's just a question of like whether you're honest about it at the time or whether it comes back to bite you later. Yeah. And, and again, as Christians, we know that, you know, our sinful deeds will be exposed. God will bring them to light. And I don't know if it does. Maybe it doesn't happen often, but one way or another, it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. 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 It always comes out. And um, yeah, I mean, we pay lip service to that idea, but we don't always follow through. And yeah, like I say, when, when we, when we are not upfront about it, it gets so much worse. <laughs> yeah. And again, this, this is a thing I think a lot of the uh, secular critics missed about this but how important that is the fact that 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 does happen and that's a huge problem in the church and so the fact that they're dealing with it is i think great and they're going to talk about it and you know how this also becomes a problem right now that uh, Kaylee Callie found out because i guess she was she heard i don't know if Gabriel told her i think they implied that she uh, Gabriel had her hide in the closet and heard the whole thing yeah uh, and she's at a movie right now. This is funny. I know she's she's at a Christian. We have a Christian movie within a Christian movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this Christian movie called Saving Grace, uh, about a girl named Grace who's uh, in a coma, or it looks like, and it's really funny because it's pretty overly acted. And uh, this doctor in the film is played by Lecrae, the uh, the Christian rapper. Which is a funny cameo, fun cameo. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just terribly earnest and emotional and over the top, and <laughs> and it's obviously affecting her deeply. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is just so so funny. 
Yeah, you think the line in the movie, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, "Yeah, you can never save Grace unless you l- allow Grace to save you first. <laughs> it's really funny. I know. Oh my gosh, is that spot on? <laughs> <laughs> and so... yeah, this is the point. This is the part where Kaylee and uh, and Sam uh, and Sam now are talking to one another. And again, this I think is. This is really, really well done because she's angry with him and she says, I forgive you, but I don't, but I'm still mad at you. And that Sam doesn't understand that at all. She's angry with him, but she still forgives him. Yeah, she instinctively reaches for the concepts that she knows Mm -hmm. and yet she's not grasping what it means at all. Like she's not, she's saying, okay, I forgive you because I'm supposed to forgive you because that's who I am and I'm a Christian. And, and she's not at all thinking, she's not at all thinking, okay, we have to talk this out. I have to confront him and work through my feelings and eventually come to a place of forgiveness. Like I forgive you. (laughs) But don't, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So, so they, they, I mean, they, they bring out her like, I mean, she, her sincerity, her shock at what he's done, her uh, her commitment to her faith, and yet at the same time, her immaturity. Well, so yeah, it, it, but it's like it's well done. But don't you think that that's that's kind of uh, tr- not true? But I'm saying that she can forgive him and still be angry with him because that's. I, I think that that's kind of a problem in the church. Also, is that forgiveness often means being okay with that person now. You cannot be okay with that person and what they did, but you still have to forgive them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can look at it that way too. Um, I I was more thinking that like <laughs> first you got to get the confrontation out of the way. You got to let yourself be angry and right. hurt and process, and then get to where you forgive. But but uh, yeah, if you look at it that way, I, I I do see your point that that she's showing that you can be angry and. And um, find a way to forgive at the same time. And yeah, okay, I can I can see that too. Yeah, and so this is where they bring this part out that he, you know, he says he brings up the Einstein thing. Einstein was a real was really bad at math, but he overcame that, and that's what teachers tell their students. Even though it's a lie, it's a good lie. But she says no, that's not a good lie because you can just come up with a real example. Why not come up with a real example uh-huh. instead of lying? And that was a great point. <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing is that she's saying that if people have more faith in you than in what you're saying, then those people shouldn't have faith at all, which I think is another great point that this movie is making is how many people in our church, and I, I mean church with a big C, are how many are like the whole celebrity pastor thing. People love the pastor more than what the pastor is saying. And that's That's a problem in our church right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it has been for some time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that scene just sort of faded out without without really resolving. That that was a nice touch. Yeah. And so I, I... that, that I mean, that, I, that's such a thing that uh, that worries me, especially because of like the whole mega church thing. 
that's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good for faith mega churches are because you can't be a pastor or I, I don't even I'm honestly I'm showing maybe I'm talking about more than I should but I don't really even believe that there should be a pastor like a one main person of a church I'm more comfortable if there's a group of elders that run the church as opposed to one person but the thing of it is is that if you have a pastor who's really charismatic who's really great at his job, everyone wants to hear that guy speak. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like uh, at music festivals, right? You have the main stage and you have a bunch of little side stages. And if Paul McCartney is playing on the main stage and you have a little local punk band on the side stage, everyone's going to go to see Paul McCartney. So mm-hmm. how do you fix that problem in the church when you have a great pastor that everyone loves, everyone's going to want to go see him. And that's how churches grow and become these giant things. And I feel really uncomfortable with the idea of churches having CEOs. Like that's how big they become, that they literally have to become a corporation. And how, how good can a church like that be? And of course, the ultimate example is the multi-site churches where they have like a church with different campuses and you watch the pastor on a screen. Right. Because, I mean, that that just works against the idea of each church like being localized and having its own pastor and, and or a group of elders, as you say. And um, I mean, that that just plays into the whole celebrity worship thing because uh, oh well the the kind of pastor who would just serve your little church isn't good enough you got to have a uh, pastor celebrity here mm-hmm. who will be beamed into you it, it's just like uh, i um uh, i'm not entirely comfortable with that idea yeah but again and that that's what plays into that idea that the congregation how could a congregation not fall in love with the pastor more than the words and of course, when that pastor falls, which many times they have, a lot of people lose their faith because they had more faith in the person than in the in the words themselves. That's yeah. that's that's horrible that, that that's happening in our church, and that, that that's not just a thing that happens in a church in our church in Christianity. It happens in a lot of different places, but still, that that's that's a huge problem. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Like, I, I don't know very many celebrity churches or celebrity pastors because I'm not, you know, like I said, I keep bringing that up, that I'm still new to the faith on some level. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think, like, Mark Driscoll is a big example of uh-huh. this giant celebrity pastor guy who, who was very controversial. And then, you know, he was caught being a terrible person. <laughs> And it's a little disheartening just how much it took for for them to get to the tipping point where where people where he finally had to step down. I mean, for years, people were saying, listen to what this guy's saying. Look at what he's doing. This is not good. Yeah. And it just took so long and so much effort. And that doesn't change. I mean, now, OK, now we're talking about. um to name one, C.J. Mahaney, um, who was eventually had to admit 
it had to be admitted that he was he had covered up sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. It took well again for years. People were talking about this. It took so long, so much effort, so many people, uh, until finally, finally, just recently, yeah. other pastors have admitted we listened to him when we should have been listening to uh, abuse victims, and. Uh, it's like every time we go through this, is there ever going to be a time where it doesn't take like we we don't have to move heaven and earth right to get a bad drought <laughs> right will there ever be a time when when we are more responsible and more accountable and more mature about these things mm-hmm. and a pastor can say something horrendous and we can say that was horrendous you go somewhere and think about <laughs> you know, yeah. Really- you know, go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's like the way this plays out every time, it is discouraging. I, I, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but it, it really is discouraging. Yeah, uh, because like I said, if a church becomes so huge, so many people are dependent on one person. And that's what causes these these horrible things to happen is that now they become above you know, kind of beyond uh, our our reach as far as like, you know, whether we can punish them or not. And then when they finally do fall, it causes huge ripples throughout the faith. And that's that's such a problem. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's such a, I don't know. I it, It's hard to tell these churches to stop doing what they're doing because it's, you know, they're so used to it. It's like trying to stop an avalanche. Yeah. And again, like th- that's because that's kind of the thing about what the Bible says versus what churches are doing is the Bible is clear about our Christian leaders. They must be above reproach. They have to be, you know, they have to have good, like there's so much that's depend. you know, they have to be helped to held to such high regard and then yeah. if they do something wrong, then they have to be taken down, not physically, yeah. or, but they can't be leaders yeah. anymore. And then, it, it, yeah, no. no, but then if the elders don't do anything about them, then now they're the problem also. Mm-hmm. It's, and it snowballs. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's been my experience, and here comes my cynical side, sure. that um, when we talk about the verses that you mentioned, People zoom in on the part about being a husband of one wife and see there, it, that, there's your proof that a pastor has to be married. So like we're dealing with this whole thing about like, uh, is it okay to have single pastors and, yeah. and all this stuff? And they like totally miss the whole part where you say he has to be above reproach. Like, could we focus on that maybe? And like, <laughs> uh, you know, stop, stop, uh, the, the bit, like stop focusing on like pushing the singles into a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's, and th- again, the fact that this movie's kind of mentions that and brings that out is so great that a mm-hmm. movie did that, that a Christian film did that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, it's just such a big deal that I, I don't know. Because yeah. that, that's the thing is that when I bring that up to some Christians, they say, well, if the person loses their faith because of a person, you know, of a person's failing, then they didn't have faith at all. But if you're raised in a church that is so ingrained in you, these ideas, 
how it's mm-hmm. really difficult to separate the two things. Um, I again, not to make this political, but a lot of people recently in in the last several decades have left the church because it's become more political. And so they become more tied to the Republican Party. Let's, you know, just to put that out there. And they lose their faith because of the leadership that they put their, you know, their vote behind. And we, like, we say that, well, they shouldn't have had faith in the church. They should have put their faith in God. But if you're raised in that environment, it's really hard to separate the two. Mm-hmm. You can't separate. That's an excellent. Yeah, you can't separate homophobia from Christ in these situations if you've been raised in it your whole life, which is so heartbreaking. That I, because I, I, I said that before. I'm like, if a person screws up, lose your faith in them, not God. But how can you do that if you've been raised there your your whole life? Yeah, how how can you not put your faith in a pastor when you've sort of been trained to do that and you were surrounded by people who did that? Yeah. And people who defended them and told you how great they were and that they can do no wrong and been treated that way. Yeah. Uh, A lot of, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people say, I I have not experienced this myself, but like in some of these churches with the really bad leaders, like where they start acting like a cult almost Mm -hmm. and, and they weren't allowed to question the leader. uh, A lot of people say that the verse uh, touch not the Lord's anointed was used on them. Like, and, and that, that meant you weren't supposed to criticize the pastor ever. And which is like a terrible misuse of that verse. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if people are putting all their faith in pastors, sometimes it's because they were trained to do that, whether it was intended or not. Yeah. And uh, again, you bring up that great, idea that uh, we put so much faith in single verses rather than in the context of what it's saying, when it's saying it, in the chapter, in the book, or the whole Bible. And they put so much emphasis on a single verse that they forget about everything else it says about leadership. <laughs> yeah. And we because use they the... wanted to mean... Go ahead. Thing. Sorry, say that again? Because they wanted to mean a certain thing, Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, to bring up a different verse is like the idea of how if your passions burn, then better to get married. You know, that that whole idea that if your lust is getting the better of you, just get married as opposed to risk, you know, uh, falling into sin. But that one verse is really terrible advice taken on its own if you don't talk about everything else the Bible says about relationships and you know, sin and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, this ending, I really like this ending. I, again, ambiguous, (laughs) (laughs) uh, not, not, uh, not trying to, we leave him at a moment of decision where he's just said something really great about like, if you drop your faith, the minute it asks you to do something hard, then it's, it's not, never was really faith at all. So, so um, we we realize that he's at the great crisis point of his life so far, and um, so what does he do? We don't know. Uh, <laughs> we, we he has been brought to a point where um, we think he might 
managed to do the right thing, but we're left to just ponder. And I, I like that. I, I, they handled it uh, really well, I think. Yeah. And again, uh, what they ended up doing is instead, like, I, you know, they took the money and they actually used it for a real charity because I think part of the... <laughs> A part of the thing that we we kind of missed there is that the leader of the Crossroads Ministry said, "Well, yes, this is a terrible thing that you did, but all the money that you stole, well, it just so happens that I wanted to do a summer ministry, and now this can pay for that." And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, so again, the movie's over. A lot of great things that this movie talks about again, which I thought was really great, and I think has fun. I don't think it's making fun of Christianity or Christian hipsters or young Christians. It's just having fun. It's playing yeah, on yeah. certain fun things, so. Yeah, and there are certain things that so sometimes a certain type of criticism is best or critique Mm -hmm. is best raised by those who are on the inside and in the know. Yeah. And that's what that's what they've done here. And um, they really did it very well. I, I, like I said, I'm sorry this movie didn't get more attention. I wish it had. Um, Hopefully it will after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, we will solve that problem. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's... Um, it, it sounds like it was rather polarizing for those who did see it. But I still think it was good to put it out there and yeah, maybe make people think a little bit. And it's it's not. I think it managed to co to convey what it had to convey without being heavy-handed. That's always the question that comes up with Christian movies because so many of them have been heavy-handed. Yeah, I don't think one was. I, I think it had, like you said, it had a, a few flaws, but. I, I think it was also pretty sharp and pretty insightful. And um, yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, so again, um, it's called Believe Me. If you guys get a chance, uh, I totally recommend you guys check it out, especially just to support the filmmakers. Uh, I think it's a, it does a great job of uh, talking about what it does, what it, what it brings, uh, the stuff that it brings up. And yeah, it's, you know, I think again, one of the best Christian films I've seen. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, aside from the old timey ones, the old black and white ones, which I think are great. <laughs> if, I, if I may interject here, um, when you if you look for this film, make sure you look for um, the Believe Me from 2014, because when I went to look for it, uh, I got a little bit. I, I think there was more than one film with that name, and I got a little bit um, confused <laughs> at first. Right, <laughs> 2014 is the release date that you want. Right. So there you go. That's it. Anything else you wanted to bring up or talk about or mention? Um, I'm not sure. I think I think um, I think we really uh, think pretty we... much covered it. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about you? Yeah. No. I think uh, I think we pretty much yeah delved everything into everything I wanted to bring up the Christian leadership thing the. You know, the Christian filmmaking oh, <laughs> and all that stuff. That's one thing. Um, yeah, if if uh, for for those of you out there who are listening to this, who not familiar with it, there's a film called uh, Elmer Gantry from I think I want to say 1960, maybe at somewhere around there, hmm. uh, which you could sort of see as a predecessor to this film in a way it's 
And it will remind us all that uh, the tradition of Christian scam artists um, is not new, unfortunately. <laughs> it goes back a long way. This film is set, it's like a, a guy who's a tent revivalist. And I, if I remember right, it's, it's set like during the early 1900s. But Burt Lancaster stars, I think he won the Oscar for it. And nice. um, really, have you seen it yourself? No, I've heard of it. Uh, it's one of those yeah. films that uh, a lot yeah. of Christians, a lot of Christian film fans actually bring that one up. Yeah, it, it's worth checking out. It, it's 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 good. And uh, you'll see uh, Shirley Jones uh, of the Music Man and the Partridge Family. You'll see her playing a prostitute. So that alone. Fun. <laughs> that alone should bring. And, and she won the Oscar, too, for that because she gave quite a performance. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really good. It's. Um, uh, it, it just and and the the storyline, in a way, goes sort of goes the same way. You know, the scam artist who uses Christianity to con people, who gets a big enthusiastic following, and in, more in the charismatic tradition, but um, and sort of along the way, um, s things happen to him that maybe make him. Um, I, I don't know. You, you don't get a big conversion there either, but you do, you do get s some food for thought and it's, it's, it's good. It's worth checking out. Hmm. Yeah. I'll totally check that out. What was it called again? Elmer Gantry. Elmer Gantry. Um, what, oh, let, let me bring this up and I, I hope uh, you're okay with talking for a minute longer here. You got sure. the time. Okay. Uh, do you think uh, Christian leaders who, make themselves the center of attention you think they do that on purpose do you think it happens because if we take like a timothy keller or a um gosh uh, it just had the guy in my head the, the the pastor that just passed away who had the major ministries um um oh shoot i'm blanking too yeah <laughs> how, how did blanking at the same time <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um but these these pastors who aren't like I don't think like a Timothy Keller does that. I think that he's more about the words, and I think a lot of people love him as a person, but understand or like they don't they can separate the words like you know they don't glorify him as so much. But do you think a lot of those celebrity pastors do that on purpose? Do you think it's something they fall into? Oh, I think a lot of it is just getting sucked in. Um, yeah. that like, no, when you have the storm artists, like you had in this movie who deliberately set out to con people, that's a whole other thing. But when you have, you have somebody who, who does believe and, um, and things get out of hand, uh, I, I think you, I think you really do get sucked in. I mean, yeah, it, it's gotta be that, it's right? Such, it's a system that just sort of, unfortunately can perpetuate that because like we were saying that the whole cult of celebrity um, grabs you and chews you up and spits you out <laughs> in the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and oh, you you have to try so so hard and, and and be committed to not letting it take over your life and be be absolutely committed to um to focus on God and not yourself and that's. Gosh, that's so. That's easier said than done. Yeah, 
yeah, I think I think you're right. It's it's hard not to be taken over by that. And once you get all that power, for you to just grow in that 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 ego, that must take over. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult mm-hmm. to to not let it influence you. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, it's it's totally yeah. this thing that happens to so many pastors but again so many other pastors who don't let that happen which is wonderful and yeah so anyway I was just something I was wondering about that because there are of course there are those who absolutely use their their own image as a brand but oh yeah yeah and that that that's such a temptation of our particular age I mean everything is branding yeah and uh yeah my, my mom always said um that God has a way of humbling us. And if you don't commit to trying as hard as you can to be humble along the way, you will be humbled in the end. (laughs) (laughs) You can can try to be humble now or you can get humbled later. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's a really good point. It's uh, yeah, that's such a, I don't know. I keep, I keep saying the word. It's such a problem that, uh, that exists and but yeah i mean just the ego that must take over because you you have to convince yourself that you're the best person for the job and that everything you say is right and i don't i can't imagine but i guess nobody can imagine that happening to them right it's but right but but yeah yeah you're right you get to the place where you think everything hinges on what you do and i mean for the for one thing who needs that kind of pressure but for another thing um that 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 uh, that certainly leads to delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Well, oh, and the uh, the pastor's name is Billy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that pastor. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you meant somebody more recent. Oh no no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah he's yeah. a guy that people held up, put on a pedestal maybe, but I don't think he ever put himself on that pedestal. I think it was always about his well, uh, his words, but yeah. I don't know. Full credit to him. I think, I mean, obviously he wasn't perfect because nobody is, but I think he tried really, really hard um, to stay focused on God and to not make things about him mm-hmm. and to do his best. I, I think, uh, I mean, God bless him. I, I think he, he, um, he, he really tried and he, he um, fought as, he fought hard against getting sucked in. You can say that, you know, maybe he, he allowed himself to be too politicized sometimes, like with, with the White House access and everything that he had. And and I think even he admitted that later on in life. Yeah. But he but by and large, I mean, he was he was pretty careful and he was pretty good about um, keeping the focus where it needed to be and um, not letting his pride run away with him. So, I mean. Thank God for that. Yeah, and again, like when he, you know, he was around in the '60s. He met with uh, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King said he did a great job speaking to uh, those in the South. He himself, in his older age, regrets not doing more. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even at the time, I mean, when Martin Luther King says that, no, I mean, you you did just you did enough. You know, it's you know, it's easy to look back in hindsight and say that you didn't do enough. But I mean, even yeah. then, the and fact that he's humble enough to say he should have done more is a testament yeah. to the kind of guy he is. Yeah, and and Martin Luther King knew a few things about um, leaders who 
didn't do enough, who, did, who, who stood back and were afraid to get involved. So, yeah. um, so, so that coming from him, um, you can sort of take that and say, okay, then, then, um, that, that's, that is some credibility there. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's enough talking that we've done. <laughs> we just plowed past way past the movie as we often do on this podcast, but, uh, always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's quite all right. Um, it, it's it's been fun as always. Yeah, this is again great time. Uh, what great conversations that we had once again. Uh, we'll absolutely have you back. Uh, we have something planned with you soon that we'll announce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it'll be super fun. Uh, some of the future projects that we got working. Uh, where can we find you online? Um, I am on Twitter. It's just at Gina D'Alfonso, G-I-N-A-D-A-L-F-O-N-Z-O. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an author page on Facebook. Um, my writing gets published at Christ and Pop Culture, um, among other places. And uh, yeah, so you'll see me around. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'll totally be back here. Uh, check out uh, other episodes that we've done with Gina. Uh, we did Old Fashioned. That was the first one we did. And we did a wonderful one on uh, Scrooge, the uh, the old, uh, one of the old uh, you know, adaptations of the film we, we did for Christmas. So check those out. Uh, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, and uh, I hope you like this episode. We'll have more coming up in the following months. I'm really terrible at ending these i never know how to end podcasts but uh, i figured i'd be better at it by now but anyways <laughs> thank you guys for listening and <laughs> why did you take a line from from uh the movie within a movie uh, what was that line that we loved again um you can't save grace until you let grace save you is that something like yeah that? yeah there you go let's let's end with that <laughs> thanks <laughs> all right guys let's see you later bye bye-bye You've been listening to the Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.